Today's episode of the Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head on over to CuffLinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. No minimum, baby. CuffLinks has everything you need to look good when you step out into the world. The world is opening up. You need to look good. You're going to events. You're going to weddings. You're going to parties. And you know what? You need to head on over to cufflinks.com and accessorize, baby. They got everything you need, and there's always specials. Just check the front page. Go on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Hello, and welcome to the first podcast of season four of Westworld from the Cleanup Text. This year, we've got a little bit of a different mix. Gina, myself, is back. And then this year, we also have Jenny and Brett with us as well. So welcome, Jenny and Brett. Thanks, Gina. Hey, Gina. And so today, we're going to talk about season four, episode one, The Auguries. And who would like to get started with this first season of kind of a new world and potentially a world seven years later? Um, who wants to start about what they think is going on in this place? I don't know that I even know what's going on. I didn't feel like uh, too much confusion initially upon watching it. But when I, um, when I listened to the uh, initial reaction podcast from Justin and uh, Axel and uh, the two guests, uh, Heidi and Brian, uh, whoever, I don't, I'm sorry if, if you're listening and I didn't remember your name correctly. But anyway, when I was listening to that, I got a little kind of confused because I was like, well, I didn't really think that that was that. And I didn't think that was, okay, well, maybe... <laughs> So I became more confused as I listened to them and then uh, read some of the articles that Axel had posted and some of the theories he's posted. I, I read Brett's uh, theory the other day. I think, did you post that before the season started, Brett? I thought I posted, uh, yeah. I posted a theory before the season started yeah. about Ford's yes. game. Yes. And that one I thought yeah. was amazing. So I don't know if you want to uh, talk about that on here real quick, but I thought that was amazing and that it seemed like a very likely way that this could turn out. So have at it, Brett. Well, it's so wonderful to have Westworld back. It's been over two years and I needed it in my life. In fact, I was disappointed because the episode was too short. It was like 54 minutes according to HBO, but it was less than that with all the previews and, and, you know, credits and everything. So I could have used at least another like solid 10 minutes or so of the episode, but <laughs> you know what, I'm going to get another one here in a few days, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just a, a totally different, uh, season already. I feel like it, it they've kind of been that way each season so far. Um, I'll just real, I'll real quick mention that theory that you mentioned, Jenny, is that um, at the end of season three, we saw William's throat slit. And um, I kind of, I kind of pieced together this theory that, that William perhaps was a human host hybrid for the duration of the time that we've seen the man in black in the series and that maybe even the real William is 
uh, in one of the outlier pods um, down in Sonora connected to Solomon. But I like that theory because, you know, so what if he th his throat is slit, you just open his head and you can kind of reboot him. And we have our old William back as opposed to this Charloris William that we that we saw in this episode. <laughs> so, you know, I and I can I can get into that theory later if it actually applies. We'll see. I think that's maybe even a season five or something down the road thing that they want to bring back in that that little stinger scene at the end of season two, that fidelity test that he was going through. I still think that's going to come back into play, but maybe not for a little while longer. But anyway, um, you know, just it's uh, Westworld. The the uh, the episode this week introduced all new questions, just like they they are prone to do. So it's it's just really fun to dig in here. It it did, and I'm actually happy to hear you say that Man in Black that we saw is uh, is Charloris, Man in Black, because I don't even think that was a Man in Black with a <clears throat> William or MIB Pearl, but I thought that was probably Charloris a hundred percent. It just seemed, he seemed a little too cheeky to be <laughs> himself and that there's a little more of that Charloris uh, in there to me anyway, during that scene, the opening scene at the Hoover Dam. I think uh that makes sense. I do too, because I hadn't thought that, but when you were just explaining it, I was like, you know what, you're probably right. Because when, if someone was, was talking to him that way as himself, he probably just would have taken him out right then and there. He wouldn't have been like having his little, you know, well, you got today or you got tomorrow. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think there was a lot of kind of conversation on, on the other pod and just in some of the articles that have that are being sent about um, this data center that's at the Hoover Dam. But my feeling as to why it is there is because data centers take up so much power to run them. I was thinking, well, this is being powered by the Hoover Dam. It's like on a high, it's like a hydropowered data center mm -hmm. at this point. Um, and so it's not like they can move it. Um, because of the, the power source that's there, but they could destroy it, which I think we weren't alone. And I, I, I saw the Hoover Dam. I'm like, they're going to blow that thing up at one point. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, I mm -hmm. see it. It's, it's too easy. Um, it's too easy not to, but that was just one of my initial thoughts about that whole placement of the data center. I think they made a comment that the, the entire dam was powering nothing but the data center or at least that's how i interpret it like, mm, i believe all it the power from the dam was going into that data center yeah i believe it for sure so what do you think that um what do you think that charloris wants with with i mean because the way that he was wording it which of course is probably not his ultimate intention or her whatever the person's ultimate intention is not just to keep the forged data safe i mean what, what is he going to do with it? Well, I think they were also looking for um, that key that she had put into Bernard at some right. point that they don't know it's in Bernard, but right. I think, I think they think it's in there, um, but it's not. Yeah, I agree. 
uh, he, he said that he wanted the whole thing because he didn't know, he, he knew the data was there that he wanted and he didn't know, he may not know where it is or how to access it, but he wanted to make sure that no one touched it. Right. Um, but, it, but to me, like you said, he may not be able to access it because he said that the person who stole it from him eight years ago is dead and she had the encryption key. So there was no way to get the encryption key back. So like, <laughs> that's, that's why I was, that's, I guess why I'm asking the question of why, I mean, it's just going to like, okay, I understand he doesn't want it destroyed, but how's he ever going to access it? So I know you guys have thoughts on this, so we might as well just get into it. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, there's so like, I think we have so much missing data in question because the whole like blowout with deleting Dolores and Rehoboam kind of blowing up. It's like, you know, I don't think all that data is just gone either. I think it's gotta be somewhere like you know they erased it but usually there's always some way you can kind of recover it or traces of it are less behind and some really savvy hacker can kind of put things back together so I mean some of that could be in there too um although I think we've seen some pictures from next week that are leading me to believe that it could be there like I think we're going to have some very interesting data center slash storage hotspots. So I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't have a strong theory on uh, how he's going to access it. Uh, I just assumed it's kind of like a, uh, a, a long term plan on his part. Let me secure it now. And then later, I'll figure out how to access it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think that could be I mean, and plus, we I feel like we really only saw a fraction of the characters this first episode and i think we mm -hmm. need at least need to see to see another episode or two before we might start getting some kind definitely of definitely need to see bernard yes. <laughs> I, him. I didn't even like i didn't even realize i mean i guess i did but i didn't think about the fact that i didn't actually see charlotte hale's body mm -hmm. <laughs> um in it but i immediately after it was over was like oh no bernard <laughs> yeah um do we want to kind of since we're on Hoover Dam in the beginning, do we want to talk about these flies and what we sure. think they are? Sure. Jenny, do you want to take a pass at that first? <laughs> well, I had thought that perhaps they were like uh, kind of a visual uh, interpretation of there being a bug in the code. But obviously, when you watch the intro there, they've made fly hosts for lack of a better fly bots of some sort because they show them being created in the opening you know the like just like the hosts are created with the white stuff so they've made some sort of fly bot and it it's infecting people or i mean was that uh hugo the 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 cartel guy was he the only reason I know his name was Hugo because it didn't even say on IMDb was because I watched with captions on and it said Hugo size or something like that at some point and I was like oh his name's Hugo anyway was he a, a host or was he an actual person and I, like <laughs> I have questions I have more questions than answers 
I mean, I, I think he could have been either. I do think it was more likely he was a real person, mm -hmm. but that's what know, I thought too. It, 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 um, and I think Heidi mentioned this, this is, this is almost like a nod to a certain episode of black mirror where I think they had roboticized wasps or bees that were, um, were created for pollination, but then someone hacked them and they were murdering people, having murder, having people murder each other. It was something like that. It's been years since I've seen that episode, but, but I did think like, oh, this could be some type of nanobot that is, you know, infecting humans with, um, you know, kind of specifically infecting them with some type of mind control that maybe then puts them into a system kind of like Rehoboam, right? Because mm -hmm. they were kind of being controlled. They were taking these tabs all the time or are tabs like another delivery mechanism. I don't know, but. Well, but, it seems yeah. like they're still doing that or at least yeah. in the simulation Christina's in or whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, can I tell you my theory on the flies? Yes. yes. It's, it's along those lines. <laughs> Uh, this this is how I interpret it is that <clears throat> they are like little nanobots, but they they use the mesh network to communicate with each other, so they can go they like literally go up into the guy's head like to his brain through his nose or, or his eyes or whatever, and uh, can connect with like specific neurons or nodes, so that they can control all of his motor functions. Like not not necessarily his his thoughts, but they control his motor functions. Um, but then they are also connected to the mesh network of the hosts. So a host can actually control the flies inside the head. So a host can actually control the motor functions of a human, similar to how Maeve controls the motor functions of other hosts mm. using the mesh network. Mm. I thought that would be a fun analogy for the for the show to introduce if say hosts can actually control motor functions of humans now Ooh. using these flies. I like it. Yeah. Um, when you talked about nanobots, just this aside, <laughs> did you guys ever watch Star Trek, the next generation? I'm like a, such a nerd. I'm such a TNG fan. A long time ago. Yes. <laughs> because there was an episode with these tiny, tiny computers that were like, and they were called nanites and they would like collectively get together and they were like, they took over the enterprise. But anyway, <laughs> so I was thinking about that when you were talking about the nanobot flies. I never saw the episode of Black Mirror because I've never seen any episodes of Black Mirror, but oh. you guys have convinced me um, that your theories are much better than mine. <laughs> Just because we've watched Freaky Black Mirror, you could get a whole. It's that that's a whole experience in itself. You should check it out sometime. Oh, um, well, who that should we? It is a great show, and it's going to come back in yes, 2023. I guess I'm very excited. Um, I think Axel is like, I thought they'd be done for sure. I'm like, dude, technology just keeps getting freakier. The show can go on forever. <laughs> it's an, it's an anthology series, so they can come back 10 years from now with yeah. season seven or something, you know? Yeah. So. so do we want to delve into the world of Christina slash Dolores? I mean, 
that's a whole as as axel has dubbed her although he keeps changing it he's like made it delara stein and i'm like that sounds like frankenstein and besides the fact that maybe it was supposed to be teen but when i was looking at it i was reading it like frankenstein so i was like no that's not cool that's it's fun to merge the names but i mean there's not two christina's Right. So you don't. Right. Have to exactly. That's between... why I'm like, yes, I, I. So my whole like, if we're going to talk about Christina, I think. And I know I haven't read I actually did not really read you guys's notes this time I used to always read Brett's notes ahead of time, and then I'd like be so anxiously awaiting his theories but I'm just letting it flow today so I like scanned over a few notes but that was it so but with Christina, I think it's one of the original Dolores pearl it's somehow an original Dolores copy. Um, so she has Dolores in her. She clearly has some of the stuff from Dolores in there because of the fact that every day she like wakes up on her loop and she's in the bed and it's so similar to how she would get up in her loop in season one, like waking up in the morning, <clears throat> laying there on the bed on the pillow and then mm-hmm. getting up and doing her process and then her day starts, et cetera, et cetera. And the weirdness of the whole white or black thing that was like (laughs) all of it was so retro season one Mm -hmm. it was really interesting to me did you also see the easel in her room I sure did yes I did and we Mm -hmm. know Dolores was a big artist um I thought that was interesting too Uh, do you know where her name comes from Christina I don't I I just learned this um there's a painting called Christina's World by Andrew Wyeth, I believe. Oh. Um, back in 2016, Jonah, I know. Nolan, <laughs> uh, Jonah Nolan talked about how that was one of the inspirations for the original character Dolores. Is like she, he mentioned Alice in Wonderland and this painting as like the two main in, uh, influences on Dolores's character. So it's basically a painting of this this girl or this young woman in a field. Um, with her farmhouse in the background and it looks like she's in a very serene perfect home but like almost like she's wanting more kind of thing because she's like slumped over anyway I just thought that was interesting that now so many years later they they get to use the name of the painting as her character that's really interesting um you know there was something else that I think Heidi, it was Heidi on the initial reaction pod said, and it was actually about the book, Heidi, mm-hmm. um, when they were talking about the, the story that Christina was creating, where it was a, a girl, but not too young. And she had an infirm father and Heidi's like, oh, well, this is like, you know, the story of Heidi, um, who wants more adventure. And I was like, oh, that's really clever because I knew about the Alice in Wonderland. Um, it also made mm-hmm. me just immediately think of Dolores's loop story mm-hmm. when she was, you know, at the ranch with her father. Um, yeah, that's what it brought to mind for me. But I could see where Heidi or even the Alice in Wonderland kind of things like all of that comes in with her. Well, and something else I thought was interesting was you know, Heidi was talking about, oh, it's a girl with her, with her father. And 
but I was thinking, well, last season, Caleb is the one with the infirmed mother who was in the city, who I don't know if he was really longing for more adventure, but it was almost kind of like a, a like a mirror reverse setup of that situation, infirmed mother, boy in the city type of thing. Much interesting parallel. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a theory on, on who Christina is and what world she's in, but it's very long-winded, <clears throat> but, I, but I can try to hit the highlights. Sure. Um, I do think she's in a simulation, and I believe that she's actually inside Solomon's mirror world. So if we, if we remember Solomon from season three mm-hmm. um, in Sonora, Mexico, and there's a countless number of outlier pods connected to Solomon. Um, <clears throat> I, I actually believe the outliers. So the mirror world, as I understand it, is like a simulation of the real world. Like that's what Rehoboam used to uh, strategize, basically. And Solomon functions the same way. It has a mirror world and everyone has a composite within the mirror world. But the difference between Rehoboam's mirror world and Solomon's mirror world is that Solomon has the real world plus all of these outliers that are connected, that are like direct wired into him. And so these people, these outliers are also in the real world simulation acting as if they're in the real world. I believe those outliers are the non-playable characters. So you have people, the non-outliers, like the predictable people out in the real world, can be trusted with their own free will because they're predictable. So they are their own players. These outliers are not trusted with their own free will. So they have, <clears throat> they have their, their narratives crafted for them within the simulation. So how, how does Dolores come into play? I remember her interaction with Solomon last year is she basically, she basically commissioned Solomon to um, revive this strategy, uh, this final strategy that was Rehoboam's endgame. That's right. And there was a line there where like, well, he said, well, it's 15 years old. It has decohered. And she said, we'll make it fit this world. <clears throat> and he said, like, I need time. And, you know, I'll give you some time, not very much. And so I believe in order to try to fit that strategy into this world, he needed to create a Dolores composite within his mirror world. Uh, only human, so only humans have composites within Rehoboam and presumably Solomon. That's one thing Sirach said is that the hosts are beyond the influence. Um, so they wouldn't have composites within the simulation. So uh, Solomon created this Dolores composite inside the mirror world, and that's who Christina is. And because Dolores was the one that like commissioned the strategy, he assigned her the role of architect within this mirror world. And that would make sense as to why she is a writer and why she has someone in this mirror world stalking her for what she's been writing for that first salacious story she wrote a few months ago where some schmuck loses everything, stalks some girl, and then everyone dies. 
And I feel like that's the guy stalking her now. Yeah. I, I do too. I feel yeah. like that. Yeah. He's at, in this theory, he would be one of the outliers, but he's actually waking up kind of like right. the Westworld hosts were stuck in their loops, but then some of them started to wake up. Well, he's, he's stuck in his loop, but then he started to wake up. So you might see more of these non-playable characters kind of waking up just like uh, the Westworld hosts did. Well, that's kind of what I said too. I said, is, is, is there stalker perhaps an awake host questioning the writer of his story who does not know that she is the author? <laughs> but, but he's not a host. He's an right. actual human being. Right. Like, I get what you're everybody saying. Within, but, everybody within this world is actually a human. <laughs> I feel like I her. sort of got, got something there. Well, <laughs> not nearly as smart as you, Brett. <laughs> and, I, and I think we've kind of got a... If we've got a double Dolores situation happening, I mean, she's everywhere, but I feel like Christina is like this one level where she's writing these stories. She doesn't really know why she doesn't know why they're having the impact that they are, but that somewhere underneath it is, is the Dolores within her. That's almost like a Trojan horse at this point like it's kind of hidden inside her, like a Trojan horse virus, right? And that at some point, this is going to be, she's like going to be going through a type of maze again. Right, because like, we saw the maze in yep, the one scene. To reach consciousness again, and her kind of inner Trojan horse Dolores is going to explode and probably um, cause a lot of chaos, which most Trojan horse viruses like wipe out your machine or something else. So I was kind of thinking about it in that realm, but I think this does kind of fit in with this overall viewpoint of this Christina's world, literally. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, well, I'm, I'm a little bit hung up on the whole outlier thing from last season. So, so that may be a recurring theme that you, that you pick up on in, in some of, some of my theories throughout the year, because I just feel like they have to go somewhere with that. Right. I, I, I agree with you, Brett. I just, I am not the theory crafter that you are. And I'm always over here in awe listening to the, I'm like, sometimes I disagree and other times I'm like, oh my gosh, I completely bought the whole farm so yeah <laughs> so while we're on outliers and christina slash dolores do we want to talk about i'm just going to like jump ahead to the very end to the appearance of the character formerly known as teddy um he's just always going to be teddy to me no matter what they name him he's I just know. teddy <laughs> yeah that's that's the one thing that i haven't like fleshed out because my theory would be that everybody within this world is a human being except for you know possibly Dolores but well he he Christina. he grabbed right. he grabbed her the stalker guy yeah I had figured so, that out before I read that article Axel yeah. sent us yeah <laughs> like protecting her so I'm thinking maybe she kind of wrote him into the world or maybe she wrote her own story because she's a non-playable character so she wrote in this say you know savior or whatever well and that she from her dolores core is tapping into this happy ending and i feel like teddy was always going to be her happy ending in westworld mm -hmm. and he was always such a protector of her and so i feel like 
somewhere inside she's got that echo memory of him and yeah that she she has written him so we'll see yeah i'll have to, i'll have to wait and see what do you he, think about her date uh douchebag <laughs> city oh, oh, he was awful wonder like everything's about a tab take a tab there's a tab for that there's a tab for that Ugh. yeah he was, was a very good douchebag though i'll give i'll give oh, you yeah <laughs> Uh, very good at douchebaggery yeah yeah so who wants to talk about another character or scene next well i feel like we should hit on some mave stuff okay let's do it and i had a question from her first uh scene um where she was basically dreaming in the cabin in big bear that's not apparently supposed to be in alaska but whatever um why so that last scene you had put a comment in with my notes Gina about uh what you thought that was about um yeah I because I I and I I didn't even catch on the on Axel and Justin's pod I heard them saying about Caleb dying and I was like I don't remember Caleb dying when did Caleb die so then after watching it two oh, and a half same. times or I saw that scene three times I was like oh at the end of it when they like get blown out of the building which I didn't catch that in the other two times that I watched it um so I'm assuming that's when they were talking about they thought Caleb died but because uh, yeah, I didn't catch it the first time either, but but when when uh, Mabe is having her meditation and her memory flashes, you see Caleb with what appears to be a gaping like hole in his mm -hmm. gut or something like it looks like an yeah he has a real big uh, yeah wound in his abdomen for sure. So and I didn't catch that the first time. Me either. Um, <laughs> But I, I didn't like know the, what they were talking about when I listened to that podcast. I had a, I had a theory on that too, of course. Um, well, Gina, Gina, did you write this note up here? I did the in the the yellow. Yeah. Um, so because it was interesting as I looked down at your notes and I saw you put in the definition of augury as mm -hmm. a sign of what will happen in the future, an omen, mm -hmm. and because we haven't seen that scene in okay. memory because <laughs> we have not seen that scene in memory of the last three seasons that kind of made me wonder is Maeve now having the ability in these meditations to see the future um and <laughs> that sounds really weird and could the power she harnesses in order to do that blow out the grid um the way she did and yeah. i'm wondering because she's you know she was amped up so much and in, in season one to have extreme unique capabilities and control it makes me think with whatever like machine learning algorithms and everything else and she's you know, been doing these meditations, like, is she now able to, I don't know, um, machine learn, predict the future. It sounds crazy, but I feel like there's something there. I just don't really understand how she's doing it. 
probably because I don't really understand how psychic visions work. So <laughs> I'm all for some time travel if they want to try. Well, to Brett's going to tell us how, what, what happened. <laughs> Brett's going to tell us. <laughs> well, first I want to say, I love that idea that she's, she's actually seeing into the future and that blew out the power grid. <clears throat> or maybe she's just like, maybe she's able to run, you know, an infinite number of simulations uh of what the future could be and that was one of them that was a like you know Ooh. likely scenario but not guaranteed good good point i like that but, idea too but that's not where i was going um, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was i was going a little more literal as far as they have since they haven't introduced time travel yet and saying that caleb actually did die and that the caleb that we see in this episode is a copy of Maeve because we we know this uh the way that i guess hosts reproduce we we've seen obviously dolores copy herself four times Cholores is copying herself countless times perhaps Maeve did the same thing and she could have used dolores's original pearl because she and caleb were there when dolores died it would make sense to me if they wanted to go ahead and take her pearl for safekeeping if she had this pearl Caleb dies. At this point, they, she and Caleb have been through a lot. They're friends. He dies. She brings him back, makes a copy of herself and, and, you know, puts his identity in her copy. And then they can continue on or, or you know, he can continue on or I guess it's her, but a version of her and Caleb together can continue on. And then eventually this version of Maeve actually is able to raise the daughter that she was not able to raise herself so i thought that would that would also be a nice thematic touch too so that that's kind of and watching i didn't i, I didn't have this theory until i started watching my rewatch and a lot of the scenes kind of make sense if you think of it within the context of oh that's actually Maeve and caleb's body so i, I thought that was a fun idea that's interesting i think that's interesting and i think it would make sense for her to create him also without the memory of whatever ended up killing him. And if there was more of a war, you know, they talk about the anniversary of the rebellion against the machines, but, you know, clearly it seems like there was more that actually happened. And that also accounts for the if that was seven years ago, how does he already have a seven-year-old daughter? <laughs> and it could be that both the wife and the daughter are not um, our hosts as well. See, um, I don't, I don't think Caleb's a host. I, well, I don't think that his <laughs> wife and kid are hosts. I do think that he adopted that daughter. Well, he had to. Um, something had to because they literally <laughs> in the in the uh, captions they don't show most of the people's names when they start talking, but when the little girl spoke, it literally said Frankie Nichols. <laughs> so she, she definitely has Caleb's last name because they put her whole name on the screen. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think anyone else, they put the name before I'm pretty, I watched it with captions one whole time through and started to watch it again before my husband called me this evening. So I watched another half of it and uh, no one else got a name before <laughs> when they started speaking. So oh, funny. 
Well, one thing that would make sense if he if he were a Maeve copy, the fact that uh, and they brought this up on the initial reaction, I believe, is that I can understand Maeve being able to hide out in the mountains for seven years, but but Caleb is not hiding. He would be easy to find. So why are they only now hunting him down? Perhaps they didn't. Perhaps they're hunting down host copies. So they didn't even consider Caleb to be a threat. But once they discovered Maeve, they were able to somehow figure out where her copy was as well. And then at that mm -hmm. point, after that, <clears throat> after Caleb and Maeve knew that they were going to do that. So Maeve went to save Caleb. So that would kind of fill in that little bit of a plot hole for me, if that were the case. I um, am not going to say that you're wrong, but I don't like this theory as much as I like some of your other theories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling it as, as much as I'm feeling the others. Because right um, like, so the war, like when I read, watched it and noticed that that part of her memory with Caleb, it he may or may not have died. I mean, he was very injured, obviously. And it seemed like that memory or possible future telling had her, you know, it upset her enough that it blew the power grid. But um, I just... I'm not rooting for my theory. He has PTSD. <laughs> so I feel like, I mean, because he still has the PTSD. And... Maeve handles her PTSD way differently than the way that Caleb handled his PTSD. Um, and I feel like it was more of how Caleb handled his PTSD and um, the war wasn't over. You know, there was the anniversary of the revolution, which I assume means the beginning of the revolution, because the revolution had to last a while. But, you know, because his wife, Uwade, I'm assuming is how it's pronounced. I could be wrong. But his wife, um, you know, reminds him that the war is over and, you know, he's passing on this PTSD to their child. And that's concerning to her, understandably. Uh, but I just, I don't think, I, feel, I, I don't I feel think he's, that point, Jenny, yeah. but the thing that the show has done is that <laughs> I definitely could be wrong, but I don't want right. that to what, be. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, what I was trying to say is the whole world's bleed through concept. We've seen Dolores copy herself and then that copy turned into Hailbot, which is mm -hmm. freaking you know, evil, like totally different person because Charlotte Hale bled through a little bit. And the same thing with possibly William Bot. We're going to see more and more of William Bot, William and William Bot. I wouldn't be, it, it makes sense. I think, I think Dolores was to blame through. for how Shaloris turned out. <laughs> I mean, at least right. a good bit to blame because she, she was a bad mommy. Had, yes. If she had been there, because like she could tell that that copy was definitely having problems adapting to being in the Charlotte body. Um, and she needed a little more adjustment period and she didn't get that. And then she got blown up. <laughs> and then it was a wrap. I mean, I it's get believable. it. <laughs> no, I, I think it's believable, but it, there is this concept of you start to, because for some reason, there's some, you know, Bernard is like, Arnold, like maybe mm -hmm. that's an example, but 
I think you're going to, this is going to be a running theme. Whenever we see a copy of a host and, you know, wear the body of somebody else, they're going to slowly like exhibit traits. of that. Right. But also, so that one other thing with that, um, I don't think that he would be able to keep fidelity if he were a copy of Maeve because Dolores told Maeve that they were all copies of her all of them mm. because any other iteration they went insane so i don't feel like he would be able to maintain fidelity if he were a copy of anyone other than the original dolores well you're talking my language when you talk fidelity for sure <laughs> i'm could just you, could you that, argue that Maeve, that Maeve is a copy of dolores so therefore any Maeve copy oh. is also kind of a second generation copy of dolores right but but if they had tried that before like because dolores said anything else they did they went insane so i don't know okay mm. well hey that's cool. i am not saying you're wrong because i mean <laughs> Well, I'm not saying but, I'm right either. Right. <laughs> I just thought it was a fun idea. It is a fun it idea. A twist, a twist, and it would make sense that, you know, that scene where he, he had a mortal wound would make sense. So, yes, you know. Yeah. I like Gina's theory that it's a flash forward. I do like that theory a lot, too. <laughs> it could, well, and because the augury is talking about omens, too, right? Mm -hmm. It's Yep. That's kind yes. of why I was like. That makes sense um yeah it's, it's yeah there's a lot to always consider here oh the other thing with i mean we weren't really talking about caleb but we wanted to wound up talking about caleb we were supposed to be talking about mave <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> the other thing that i did think leaned in favor of him being in a simulation was that it was odd that after him being the leader <laughs> of the revolution he would just go back to working construction right? That does seem a little strange. Because like his work partner was like, oh, are you doing anything different than you were before the revolution? Uh, no. <laughs> Except the I'm not working with the robot and now I'm working weekends and holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I could get overtime. Yay. <laughs> I wonder what the leader of the revolution actually looks like though. Because I don't know. I don't know if he was like leading an army of people or anything i know but that that's what they basically said last season was that they you know dolores was putting him in the position to be the human face of the revolution so mm -hmm. it might have just been a titular leader rather than an actual leader leader but it could be after he was leader of the rebellion he kind of wanted to go back to more of a quiet life true and uh with you know settle down have a family and have just a normal job and you know low stress job even though you're on top of the building i don't know if that's low stress but anyway maybe you know that would make sense to me too i think gina's dog wants to talk to us yeah i was putting her on mute she, she's got something to say about caleb i just can't understand what she's trying to get at well i'm not sure if you heard my dog bark earlier but <laughs> situation oh our little fur fur baby hosts um, <laughs> um so i mean we've kind of covered most of the stuff in the show but are there other kind of theories or predictions um 
that we were thinking of maybe for the season that we want to go over? Well, not any prediction, but just like off the, what do you think about uh, Christina's roommate, Maya? Uh, I thought it was interesting how she was wearing a white dress in the daytime and a black dress at nighttime. And it was, and then Heidi had said, I think some things about her maybe. And I think you had a couple notes about her. Yeah, in in some ways, I was wondering if she was actually even like a kind of like a real person. like if she was a non-player character. In yeah, MC. She, in this world, you can't tell who's players and who's non-player characters necessarily. I I almost felt like she was a support for Christina, like prompting her to go out and have a social life, like you know, just almost like a touch point in a way. And, and maybe that's something that's needed for her in this environment is some type of touch point. Like she can't be living alone. So she has some type of, I don't know, but there, there is something weird about that roommate for sure. Um, I don't know. It, It was just kind of strange. I don't know. Very strange to me. Um, I do have a little extra piece of my Christina theory, as long as we're kind of on that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we're talking about Christina and her roommate. So How about it? The, um, so I believe that she's a, a Dolores composite, but the thing is like all, all other human, all other, uh, composites of, of hu- actual real people within the simulation, uh, are connected to them in the real world via like an implant, you know, or, or something like that, where there's kind of a data transfer or an influence. But with Christina, because Dolores doesn't have an implant and she's never had a physical connection to uh, Christina, Christina has no, uh, none of Dolores's memories. And she, she only exists in the mirror world. So it's actually kind of lonely when you think about it, but she's wearing that black earpiece that Dolores did mm-hmm. so because I was thinking it makes sense if she was modeled after the look of Dolores of season three that she would have that I wonder if that black earpiece is going to be a way for her to kind of hear the system the same way Dolores was listening to the system I feel like it's kind oh. of like a bluetooth type thing for her in this world mm-hmm. but um because she last year we saw <clears throat> when Maeve was inside the simulation, she was able to control things outside the simulation because the explanation was Serac cut corners and applied the same code within the simulation as he as the code used to build the simulation itself. If that's the case, I could see as Christina starting to wake up, she can actually control Solomon, who's offline right now. Um, the simulation's still running, but it's offline. Perhaps she can like bring Solomon back online and free the outliers and kind of work to save the world from all from inside the simulation. She with her little ear clip. Yeah, possibly. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Um, but I, I don't know that I agree that she doesn't have any of Dolores's memories. I, I feel like she, so excuse me, sorry, my throat keeps getting really dry, but I, I feel like she has some semblance of, uh, 
a memory of original Dolores, not like, not like the up-to-date last minute all the way to the end of season three Dolores, obviously. But even if it was like she was put in the mirror world, like you suggest, Brett, I really like that theory. And I think it's very possible that that's the case, but I feel like she still has some of that, some semblance of Dolores because of the fact that she's got the artistic things that um, Arnold built into her, the, the love of, of art and the writing and the stories being so similar to the story arcs that are, you know, the loops that Dolores was on and the fact that she still always wears blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I like, I feel like there's, there's some semblance of that somewhere down in the code. If I, you know I what liked, I mean? Yeah. I like I like that a lot. And I, I hope, and I think that you're probably right. Um, because, well, it's the whole world's bleed through concept again, like, yeah, she's, He's the face of Dolores, therefore she's going to start maybe exhibiting Dolores traits, but like like literal memories is like what I was thinking. Right. About. I, I literally don't think she has any memories that Dolores has as far as her experiences of life, etc. Well, I guess I guess we'll find out when she sees Teddy for the first time if that triggers anything. Mm-hmm. That's true. So the thing with the lights, that's another thing I wanted to ask you guys about that Justin was talking about a whole lot on the other podcast and it was confusing to me, but I kind of understood what he was saying, but I thought it was really, so part of what was weird to me was that it was like a motion detected light. And so the one as she passed under it, it was on, but it turned off before she was in the range of the next one, which I thought was weird. And so um, he was saying that the her stalker guy that was standing there, he wasn't activating the light, but I was thinking to myself, well, it turns off before she even gets out of range of it. So if he'd been standing there for a while, it probably would have shut off anyway, but that's just me being logical. <laughs> <laughs> if I were talking to Justin, I would have argued that point and he probably would have conceded to me because we used to have those arguments last time. <laughs> anyway, what did you think about the weird light situation and the way that Teddy came and took Peter? What was that all about? Was it like the text taking the people out? <laughs> like, Kind of, but I also thought this is where there's some kind of, you know, loop in play and she's glitching a little because one minute they're there, the next minute they're gone. Right. She looks over and she sees that car passing by and when she turns back, they're gone and then the light turns off. And when he jumps off the building, Peter, it also seems like no one else has really seen that (laughs) at the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that would make sense that he's a non-player character yeah he's not able to influence any of the actual players in the game so they it's like almost well i guess that would make sense kind of it also would make sense that he's not activating the lights like if it's almost like he's not there because he's not he's not one of the real real world people he's he's an outlier that's trapped Mm. Mm. now 
Um, there was something at the very beginning when we see Dolores, sorry, Christina, like getting on the subway. There are like these three guys running upstairs and they're like, I can't believe you've never been here before. And they're all excited, almost like they are like in Westworld for the first time. That yes. kind of reminded me yes. of that. What do we, what do we think of that? Because I, I don't think they're putting new outliers into the system. So I'm, I'm, that's why I was like, is this like actually another park at first? I, but, th- because yeah. of that, which I heard them saying those things the first time I watched it, but I didn't put it together. Like it was a park. I was just thinking that it was the first time they were in New York and whatever. But then after listening to the podcast and watching it again, I was like, oh yeah, that is like people like that are in the park for the first time. Cause we heard that back in season one. So mm-hmm. I totally think that she's in, <laughs> so that I had been thinking before this discussion this evening, uh, that she was definitely in a simulated, like another park or a simulated world of some sort where people were able to go in because of the things that they were saying sounded like first timers in the park. Yeah. yeah, that was that was really interesting. I, it did it did definitely seem like like a future world or something like that. Like it was it was a park. Or I'm I'm wondering if there is this mirror world. Maybe there's always like an underground kind of hacker developer community. Maybe oh, they've that would found make sense maybe they've a certain group has found a way in into it in terms of like a, a virtual reality experience. That is a cool idea. Yeah, for sure. And there's also the talk we should talk about this tower that uh, the uh, the I don't know um, what to think about that. <laughs> the homeless person on the on the on mm-hmm. the street was talking about this tower and i think someone else oh yeah the peter mentioned the, yes the, the peter mentions the tower, the tower too. too so it seems like i mean i don't i don't know what the tower is but what i can say about it is it seems like something that's outside the simulation but people that are kind of waking up are able to see it mm. so if if there's a, if there's a world outside the simulation that's semi accessible then uh, I could see like what you were saying, Gina, about someone being able to hack the simulation for, for their own profit or whatever and make a game out of it or something like that. Hmm. that I really don't know what this tower could be. Um, it, it, under my theory, maybe it's a piece of Solomon, like, or, like if Solomon were a tower, even though it's a giant sphere, but if it were in, you know, in kind of a tower structure, and maybe they were in their, their pod and they were able to open their eyes for a split second, you know, and see the, you know, take in this data that, oh, they see a tower. Okay, now I'm back in the simulation. The tower's gone kind of thing. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Or it's something they see maybe before, maybe they saw before they were put into the simulation. That could be as well. And it's like a memory. Um, hmm. I don't know, kind of like it's like the new cradle, maybe the tower. We had the cradle in season one. Yeah. 
That's, I mean, it's fun to think about. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I do believe it's outside the <clears throat> somewhere and that you, people that are waking up can, can see it, even though they don't know what it is, I guess. Creepy. I have no thoughts. <laughs> like literally, I have not been able, like, I mean, I know I heard the mentions of it, but I did not get any gleaning of, of what the tower could possibly be yet. I mean, your theory is as likely as any other because <laughs> I have no idea. And it looks like I scrolled down in the notes, Brett, and it looks I, like you have more I, Christina I, theories. <laughs> part three, part four. <laughs> well, that's why I wanted to, I just wanted to hit kind of the, the hot points to that. Yeah. I think, I think I've talked about. Yeah, I think you have. Thing, except for, except for the very end, which is very far fetched, but I threw it in there anyway, it ties into Hoover Dam. So I was thinking that perhaps William bought is buying up land around Hoover Dam because he needs to make a much larger reservoir of water. Because if you look at a map, Sonora, th there's a, the, the Colorado River goes south from the Hoover Dam all the way down to the Gulf of California through Mexico. And it like, it, it goes through a part of the region of Sonora. So I'm thinking, hey, maybe the this education facility <clears throat> is in like a valley that's off of the Colorado River and William wants to break the dam so that if the river floods all the way 200 miles south and floods the you know, inundates the facility and destroys oh. all the outliers. So that was kind of my my twist on why, why would he want to land? be rid of the outliers? He was an outlier. Real William was, yes. but this is William Bott. This is true. This is Charlotte who wants to destroy any human that could have any any kind of effect on the future of the world. I guess I don't know. So it, it I'm not sure exactly why he would want to uh, destroy them necessarily, other than the fact that they're important in some way that we we may not understand yet. Um, so th that was a fun idea. I mean, that would explain why he's buying up land. It's not, it's not as sexy as that he's buying up land to build something really cool or a new park or something like that, but maybe it would make sense. It does not make sense, however, in order to protect the, the, um, dat the data uh, farm there right um because they need the dam to power that farm so why would he want to break the dam so that part doesn't make sense so it's probably not true but I, you know i still i still wanted to add that in there as a fun theory yeah because i mean everybody thinks including myself everyone seems to think that the dam is going to be broken that's why they keep showing the <laughs> or somebody's going to be pushed off or something i mean i guess it doesn't have to be broken and flooding things but it seems like it would not behoove them if they want to save that data to break down the dam <laughs> right <laughs> unless he has a plan to copy it maybe once he copies it mm. a lot of data <laughs> I yeah. can't even imagine. Oh, goodness. Oh, anything else we wanted to talk about, kids? 
I don't, I don't think so. Not from my end. I'm excited about I'm like the scrolling and, through my notes and I'm like, I don't see anything. I'm excited I, I about have, the next episode. I did have one quick question. This uh, Senator of California. <laughs> oh yeah. My first thought was Lawrence <gasps> because the Maeve said that they were, see, I interpreted. What <laughs> Lawrence. Shall- <laughs> Dull Lawrence. Actually, that's very easy to say. Dull Lawrence. (laughs) I interpreted what Maeve said is that that the the bad guys were going after them because going after the senator because the senator's a good guy. So that's why I didn't think that it was going to be Charlotte Hale. Um, I could be wrong about that. But my first my first thought was that okay, well, who is still out there as far as the good guys go? Dolores copies or people that are part of Dolores's plan. Lawrence is the only one that I could think of and he's got to have a role. So we already know that he, last time we saw him, he was leading a a SWAT team or, you know, he, he was already in a role of leadership, even though I think he had only existed for like less than a year. So he's rising up the ranks real fast. So maybe within seven years, he could be the sen- a senator in California. I, oh, I, I have I have questions too. I forgot. I should have written these down. So uh, one of my questions is how many timelines do you think there are going on in the episodes or in opposition of that, how many different simulations and how far in the future do you think Bernard is? Do you think Bernard is just the seven years in the future? uh, Or do you think Bernard is further in the future? Okay. (laughs) I, um, I think with timelines, I actually think we at most only have two. I actually think this theoretically could be all in the same timeline because if if Solomon's taken seven years to create this mirror world, we know that MIB is on the same timeline with um, Caleb and Maeve because she had that, um, she you know went into that guy's brain to figure out what was going on mm-hmm. in his recent memories. We could theoretically only have one timeline, people. That would be amazing. I was going to say the same thing. Awesome. That's what I I, was thinking too. But how many different simulations do you think are going on? I mean, that we've seen so far. Two. Yeah, I would. It's very possible that there's two or three timelines. I know Justin is on that train. I think Axel is too. Mm -hmm. But like Gina said, so far, everything I've seen, there could just be one timeline. Now, I do believe that uh, Christine is in a simulation and time flows differently in a simulation. But I still think that that could align with the same time as Maeve and Caleb's story, as William and the Hoover Dam story. I think all of these could be happening at the same time. And how far ahead do you think Bernard is? Do you think like he's still in that time, same timeline? Because Axel and Justin seem to think he's way far ahead. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I think he's in that same timeline, seven years. That looks about like seven years of dust. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't, it's part, I don't. It's, it's just a total wild guess, but I just like the idea that he's like a hundred years in the future. So <laughs> I'll just keep rolling with that. that. <laughs> proven wrong immediately in the next episode. That would be cool. Yeah, we'll find out. I think they were already looking at like some of the, the, the preview or the trailer from. Brett, did you season. watch the preview for next week? I did. I did not watch the preview oh. for next week, as per my ritual. I never do. But if you okay. want to talk about it, that's okay. I don't want to spoil you. <laughs> yeah, I won't either. But I will go back to the when they talked about the trailer for this season. I remember someone saying Bernard's hair is different in, in, in two different times, so he's got to have a couple different timelines. That was just what I was going to say. Since we well, but Bernard's Bernard's a a host you could also it's not like he ages. it could have been arnold that's true <laughs> right you know it's one's arnold one's bernard actually there's multiple bernards right so it could be at oh, the same time two different i think things. you're right yeah i mean in westworld there's that room where it had <gasps> several different like uh, yes okay brett we're gonna bernard. we're gonna go because i saw the look so. on gina's face just now <laughs> in the preview for next week we will spoil you a tiny tiny bit that looks like they're going back to westworld sweet <laughs> like like the dusty ass okay. park okay. <laughs> but, but it also looks like we're going to be in a totally different park too yes yes well, so <laughs> sign me up that sounds awesome <laughs> but like you see in the preview there's like a scene of like the behind the scenes like where Maeve always was with the text and everything so oh, and it was all dusty <laughs> that was the part I was thinking of that's that's where we're from. We're the cleanup techs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about trailers that I've learned long ago is that any any scene you see could be a dream sequence. It could be like someone like tripping on drugs. It doesn't have to be <laughs> what's going on. True that. True that. So, it's, it's true. And they will even change words in previews and trailers. Yeah, that's why I, I didn't mention anything about anything that was said or anything else. But that one scene you do see like the behind the scenes part where they worked on the the hosts and it was very dusty and broken down looking in there not well lit <laughs> at least i remember seeing that am i wrong gina <laughs> i misremember. No, i do i do <laughs> kind of remember seeing that for sure um yeah i feel like the the previews for next week are sometimes more confusing than the show itself <laughs> Right. That's why I was like, I'm not going to rely on anything, but I was excited to see that it looks like they're going back to the Delos Park. Yeah. Delos, however you say it. Um, anything well, else? Uh, well, there, there are a couple of more parks out there that we that we haven't seen, I think. I, I actually right. have not kept track with like checking the boxes on all the like seven parks or something um, or six. I'm not sure but I think there's still a couple we haven't seen. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, we saw, because we don't even know if War World is actually a real park, considering that was a, all of simulation last year, right? Last season, where it, it May, World was, War II. But there was that training ground that we saw. Right. So was that a park? If that, that could have been a park. That could have been War World, where they were training you know, right. other soldiers. So I think that was a park. 
Yeah. Oh, so did you watch the behind the scenes even? I did. I no, I did not. They talked about they had literal they used literal flies for that scene, Britt. Yes, a fly and they herder. Had fly wranglers. Wrangler, that's it. Fly wrangler. They did use uh CGI flies too, but they literally used flies for that scene. Is that not gross? I mean, that like gives me the heebie-jeebies that many flies. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. Um, well, you and Janie, you made a comment on text about how it'd be funny if Jalors was. Like, <laughs> You're right. I did. The the scene, the stinger scene. Yeah, all the that, all the bodies that she was creating. What if they were all little <laughs> flybots? <laughs> I want to see those giant body printers, and they're working on this little like you know like, <laughs> little <laughs> tiny fly bots little hairs Just and everything on the fly that's popping what one out after another <laughs> <laughs> um i like your comment up here when you were listening to the the other podcast gina where you were talking about the fact that christina is in new york <laughs> that's the new world trade center tower in her realm not the san francisco penis tower <laughs> Yes, please. I have to, I see that tower everywhere I go. I see it on my hikes. Like I see it if I'm in San Francisco, the tower they were showing was definitely not the Salesforce tower. Not, not in that scene. That was, that was the new world trade. Oh Center. yeah. Yeah. It definitely um, was one world trade center. <laughs> I don't know. Um, penis, the penis building. It was not the penis building. That's anyway. what it looks like. It's, um, such an eyesore. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. There's uh, there are some funny like they devolved into a whole conversation about Tom Cruise on that top podcast. I'm like, next. <laughs> so, did you guys think that Caleb and Maeve were in a park, or they're like still in the real world? One last question. I'm like, sorry, I have lots of questions today. That's interesting. And now I just assume they're in the real world. Yeah, but me too. Who knows? But you guys think that Caleb might be a host? Potentially. That yeah, that was my that was my theory just because of his interaction with his daughter and like his interaction with Maeve, even like at the end of the episode where she came back to save him. He's like, I didn't think I would ever see you again. Um, I don't know. A lot of of course, I'm I I could easily be reading into it what I want to see, but a lot of it would make sense if that were the case. You know, if he were, if he were a copy, I get you, and I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I don't want that to be the, I don't want that to be the case. I still want him to be a human person, <laughs> although I hate his haircut. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, they did pull kind of a fast one on us. Remember with Stubbs? Um, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. I'm not because I wondered a few times last season and even in my rewatch if Caleb was, in fact, still yeah. a human or yeah. if he was some type of hybrid like Brett. I think Brett theorized on that last mm -hmm. year. And I think it, he may have, you may have said that, Brett, in your notes again today not positive but 
I, I, I like gone back and forth, but I, I want Caleb to be human. <laughs> so that's my hope. My fingers are crossed. You, since you were talking about me saying Caleb was a hybrid, is that? Yeah. Yeah. I did that. I did think that last year or not last year, last season, <laughs> last season. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't think that's the case. Okay. But you think he may be a host. So. Okay. Well, this one, this version of him, I think, I think season three, he was actual human. Human. And you think he did. Yeah. I got you. Okay. I think I'm done asking you guys questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So have we cleaned up the first episode of season four Westworld, the auguries? Do we feel like we've cleaned it up? I feel like we've cleaned it up. We've cleaned up the questions I had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah cool. We... Cool. Okay. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Until next week, we will be back bringing you whatever happens with episode two, and we will clean that up as well. And say howdy to your moms for me. Yes. Aww.